Makai Bernard is officially back, and the Utes land a wide receiver transfer through the portal. All that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates more effectively by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions may apply. My name is JT Wistow, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're talking about Makai Bernard coming back. Also, the Utes landing Emery Simmons in the through the transfer portal and some more fun stuff on locked on Utes today and in order to help me break all that down it's friend of the show and the former host of this podcast brian brown and brian when we're talking about Makai, yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about Makai coming back i think everyone i think going into this year we all expect this to kind of be Makai's last year with the team when the 2022 season and then it ends and i think a lot of people thought he was going to end up going pro but then he decides to go to the porter go goes on a couple of visits with some sec schools there were some late rumors tying him to colorado even but in the end he comes back and i think this is great for the Utes. you really saw the two-headed monster of him and jaquindon jackson really take off the end of the season and i think this is just another strong addition to a team that's looking to three-peat in terms of pac-12 championships it, it is. And I think you know, even with a crowded running back room and you have a lot of great talent coming in there with, uh, um, you know, I'm forgetting John Randall. I want to yep. see John Stanley, all, all the running back recruits that Utah landed in the cycle. What you really want with Makai Bernard is a guy who knows the offense, right? Yes. Um, and, and a lot of what he brings to the table is not in terms of him being able to run the inside zone the way Utah wants to run it as much as it is his versatility and what he can do uh, for the roster. You know yeah. what I mean? If you have a deficiency at, at one position, he can fill that, you know? And, and I think one thing that we really didn't see a lot of Makai, a lot of from Makai is his ability to line up in the slot and make big plays. You know, you saw it in the Rose Bowl in 2021 where Cam Rising hit him on that wheel route and it was a beautiful pass, beautiful catch. It was a, a once in a lifetime kind of highlight for him. Yes. And he is capable of making those plays the hard part about Makai is is he has always been uh I don't want to say second best, but he's always been stuck in this role of like, well, Makai can do everything for us, so we'll just kind of put him into everything. Yes. As opposed to being a feature back. And I think going around to a couple other institutions, finding out that maybe that's how they view him as well. It was smart of Makai to think about everything, to come back through the portal. And, you know, Kyle Whittingham has mentioned before that once you're in the portal, you're you're done to him. You know, it's almost like mafia style. I don't know that that necessarily was the case with Makai, because I yep. think this is a kid that came to Utah when he was 17. He's been here for four years. He's had to deal with the Tavion Thomas drama playing out in front of him all along. And, and, and just he's always been, for lack of a better term, a good soldier. He's never yes. complained positive attitude been an absolute joy to have and so i think because of who he's been throughout the, the course of the program kyle Whittingham was understanding like if you want to go look around and see what else is out there i'm okay with that because i yeah. know who you are and i know what we can do for you and and so mm -hmm. you look at all that all encompassing and it's 
I, I think the other part of it too is just Kyle Winningham's adjusting. You know, yes. and, and oh, he yes. said it as much in his article with Kit, Chris Camrani that mm-hmm. he he wants to change. You know, and and you're probably not a who moved my cheese kind of guy because I'm old and like I read that self help stuff all the time. But Kyle is moving with the cheese here. He knows he can't always be a stalwart. Like once you're in the portal, you're done. If you have a four year guy who goes in the portal and wants to look around, that's not a bad thing. If you're Utah, it means that you're developing guys the right way. And guys want to see what else is out there because at the end of the day, the best part about it, Makai went and took a look in the sec. He went to, you know, Colorado where Trevor Riley's out there. Mm-hmm. Who knows what other visits he had? I, I, I'm, I, I, I've heard some things about some other California schools where he was visiting as well. Uh, definitely not in the northern half of the state, so don't even think about that. Um, and he came back to Utah. So what better like way to market your program to people than say, like, we had a guy who went through portal and came back. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then in, in this day and age, for guys who have been in a school for four years, there's a lot of factors that go into that. So it's it, it's a big win for Utah. I think it's a bigger win for Makai, especially a, a dude who was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list and, yeah. and didn't really – you know, have the kind of season that he wanted to with some injury stuff, but he's coming back again to a loaded room with a lot of opportunity for him to be a versatile piece. And, and hopefully with all this experience returning again for Andy Ludwig and the, uh, the addition of coach Alvis Witted, they can find ways to really maximize all the talent they have there. You mentioned too, just some of the stuff Makai has gone through. I mean, obviously everyone on Utah lost a teammate, but he lost someone too who was sitting in the position room with him in Ty Jordan and can't imagine that kind of the toll it took on him as well. So just been through a lot with his Utah football team and look, Makai, yes, he had a down year last year, as you talked about, but still overall 533 rushing yards, scored four touchdowns on the ground too, and still really valuable as a receiver too, 314 yards through the air. And he's the guy if Utah's in those situations at the end of the game where it's like two minute drill offense, Makai is going to be out there and not just for his ability to get open on the outside, but also Utah's best pass protecting block. And I think Jaquindon Jackson is going to continue to pick up a lot of the fundamentals as a running back. And uh, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this in a second too. I do think Jaquindon will still be Utah's running back one next season. If you look at it, he really took off. The difference in carries is massive in terms of how many McKay brought versus how many Jaquindon got. And they were very close in terms of yards and fact i think jaquindon was just shy of makai so i do expect jaquindon to be running back one i expect him to get the majority of the carry still but this is still going to be a one-two punch and we're going to see a lot of makai bernard out there and if i had to guess on how they'll split that carry share i think we'll see i'll go 60 percent jaquindon in terms of when he's given the ball to run but and then makai gets the other 40 in terms of on the ground but anytime it's third and long we know makai bernard is going to be on the field and that's the key component right i think this is an offense that's looking for some guys to step up and really fill some roles, even though you do have Brant Keithy coming back, even though you do have Cam Rising coming back, even though you do have three or five starters coming back on the offensive line. And listen, I can even all I can I can even throw in the caveat that like the fact that you're losing Paul Miley is more because of the the fact that you have better guys underneath him. Yeah. So it's not really a huge loss with Paul. And mm-hmm. that's not a knock on Paul or his play. It's more just a a commentary on on his career and injury history and everything like that which we're not allowed to talk about but um you know if you shoot me a dm on twitter maybe i'll tell you the truth of everything we we spoke very glowingly of paul a few weeks ago Paul's the best paul is the best and it sucks to lose a guy like that both from a leadership perspective but also from a talent perspective and in in terms of you know a guy who sets your tone who has experience who does a great job getting everybody where they need to go but listen this, this is a hard game it comes with injuries that alone should be a huge like 
flag of why it's great to have Makai Bernard come back because you are loaded in that running back room. You've got Chris Curry coming back. You've got uh, Jalen Glover coming back. You've got Mm -hmm. now Makai Bernard coming back, and you have all these freshmen coming in. Last year, that room was almost empty by the time Jaquindon Jackson carried over. Now, whatever Jaquindon decides to do, Utah's going to be in a great place, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's gotten experience out there. And I don't think it's the worst idea to have your quarterback or your backup, excuse me, your backup quarterback out there watching the guy who runs the show get reps in first person, right? You and I are both yes. pseudo gamers. We know all about the, the, the first person RPG. It's good to see how it looks in front of you. So whatever Jaquinnon decides oh, to yes. do in terms of his position and where he wants to play. Now his his ceiling at the running back position is 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 the roof, as Michael Jordan would say. And and you know, I apologize to everybody who wants to be a Nike or a Jordan school that we can't actually, you know, be one of those. But uh, the fact of the matter is is that Utah's in a really good place because they have depth, they have variety, they have guys who understand and know this offense, and they have guys who are coming back for a reason. One, because I think they care about this program. They believe in the family atmosphere. And, you know, if ever you wanted to herald Kyle Whittingham for what he's done, that would be reason number one is he's built a, a, a culture and a community there where people genuinely feel loved. And that's important because this is a tough sport. It is a tough gig at the University of Utah. It is not easy to play football up there. I'm just I'm mm-hmm. telling people it oh, is yeah. not easy. And And so when you have guys who really want to come back, and do the hard thing, that's a big, big statement for this program. 1,000%. It is great to have Makai coming back. It's going to be fun to see what him and Jaquindon can do next season. Brian, really quick, if it was your decision, would you switch to Nike or, or Jordan? Oh, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask that question because I've actually dealt with them on like the administrative level, and I hate dealing with Nike. Oh, really? like, <laughs> yeah, it's impossible to get stuff. It's impossible to get stuff on time. Yeah. I think Utah's really lucky because they get the best of the best with the Under Armour stuff. I always tell people all the time, like if you swap the logos, everybody would love everything that Under, yes. Under Armour does, um, which is fine. Like, look, the swoosh is the best logo in the history of logos. The fact that Phil Knight paid 25 bucks for that thing is the biggest case That's of highway fun, robbery. Really. Now, he's taking care of the design. So, like, I'm not trying to, like, critique Phil Knight on this or anything like that, but it's just, you know, there is this precedence now where you have to be a Nike or a Jordan school to have success. And I think Nike and Jordan don't really fit who Utah is. No. You know, I, I and totally it's just, that. this is not a flashy program. This is not Coach Prime coming out with, you know, <laughs> Amazon series talking about how great he is and sharing the Bible verse, you know, or. or like, like, can you can you picture? I don't know if you've seen the Coach Prime series, but can you picture Kyle Whittingham doing that? Because I can't. No, gosh, no, no. They're polar yeah. opposites. And 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 I so I think that there's a lot of of continuity with Under Armour and everything like that. Now, do fans love Nike gear? Absolutely. Do I get it? Hundred percent. Is it the same fabric that goes through Nike, Adidas, and and Under Armour? Yep. Yep. Does Under Armour take good, really good care of Utah? Yep. Is that why Utah's sure. still with Under Armour? Hundred percent. So it, it just, it's one of those things where it, it all depends on your perspective here. And, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to shortchange anybody or, or, or be angry or yell at anybody who wants to have a swoosh on their stuff. Like, but I could go put a swoosh on this, you know, a, a no name product and it'd be like, Oh, that's a, that's a really cool hoodie. We're just swagged out dog. Yeah. So, you know, and, and like, listen, like I'm, 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 I'm one of the biggest offenders that is I'm wearing a Carhartt beanie right now. Yeah. Right. You Watch know? the drip. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where <clears throat> it's such a big part about culture now and, mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. 
but I think what Utah's done is bigger than swooshes and bigger than NIL yeah. and bigger than uh, flashy photo things and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. and for a guy, you know, just to tie this all together, for a guy like Makai, who's been in the program for four years, who knows how much he's loved and appreciated. And I have to give a little bit of credit to the fans here. People have been exceptionally good about not being a-holes when these guys go in the portal. And I think that's a big reason yes. why Mikai felt comfortable coming back. Really good point. Mm-hmm. You know, so forever, forever Utah fan out there was who, who sent a tweet, who, who posted a message, said, we love you, appreciate you, everything you've done, good luck on the future. Good on you, because you're part of the reason why he feels comfortable coming back. Mm-hmm. 1000%. You didn't see the bad things like hating on him or anything like that. I think that is really a big thing. And I'll even, I haven't spoken on the Under Armour thing much yet either. I really enjoy Under Armour. I mean, I'm wearing a Utah Under Armour thing right now, literally. I think that's, I think they do a great job with Utah. I think it totally fits your brand to their point. They're not the flashiest, but they get the job done and they do an outstanding job. And I actually do think they look pretty, they, we've looked pretty flashy in the past too. So I think it works. They're getting there with Utah's uniforms, mm-hmm. right? It, it's step-by-step, step, and I think Utah does get new uniforms this season, so I think you're going to see a good refresh for what Utah wants to keep as their brand moving forward. I think Under Armour is listening to what Utah really, really wants in terms of how their brand is identified and everything they want associated with it, and so they're going to really come together and, and, and produce something that is very clean, very aesthetically pleasing, and very much on par with both what the equipment staff and what the fan base likes, which I think – is that homecoming uniform look, the 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 Utah stripe with the interlocking U's. Mm-hmm. It's very basic, simple stuff that's that's interchangeable. You know, so I think that's all gonna come together. I don't think you get that with Nike. I think there's a lot of people that don't remember that we were getting the Miami fill-in uniforms in just red and black in in twenty in two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, yeah. you know, the Eric Weddle years. And I, I'm gonna stop talking about this now because you know, being an equipment guy. I don't look so much at the, at the brand. I look at the product and, and Under Armour does a really, really good job both with their uniforms and, and some of the other stuff that they do. But more than anything, I think it's the youth equipment staff that does a phenomenal job oh, absolutely. of creating a brand, creating an iconic look from a program that really doesn't historically have something that stands out, you know? And, and I think, it, it, you know, as long as I'm tying all this together, that is what Kyle Whittingham has done is he's created a brand. He's created an I- iconic program out of nothing in essence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, this was never a defensive uh, stalwart for the, the decades that you go look back oh. at Utah history. You know, you like Lee gross cup was, was one of the best quarterbacks in the country came from Utah invented that. Well, he didn't invent it. Jack Curtis did, but Utah shovel pass. And I'm getting real out of my lane here, but I just, for a program that's been successful but really hasn't had a brand or identity, right. both Kyle, the staff, everybody else has done a really tremendous job of trying to build one on the spot. And I think for people who have never done that before, it's really, really hard to do. Absolutely. I think you're 1,000% correct. And there will be – hey, there's a long off season until we get to August, so we'll definitely have you back on to talk some uniform, You don't have to and, agree uh, with me stuff. just because we're homies, man. You can tell me to go kick rocks. It's okay. I'll keep coming on Locked on Utes. <laughs> I do like Under Armour, though, so no, I'm, I'm definitely too. with you, too. I so do. it's going to be fun to see how it all shakes out for the Utes. You know what else is a lot of fun? Heading over to FanDuel Sportsbook. Guys, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 
dollars back in bonus bets if you first be- if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread. Who will score a touchdown? It's all available at FanDuel. Super easy to install and set set up. It's a safe, secure app. It's super easy, and best of all, you can get paid by winning instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Now that the matchup is set between the Chiefs and the Eagles, that's FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. Make every moment matter with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner or sportsbook partner of the NFL. Brian, the youth's got some very welcome dues. And, um, you know, it's not always that Coach Witt and the coaches, like they ignore the outside noise, right? But it was getting really loud about adding a transfer transfer through the portal for a wide receiver position. And, uh, of course, Utah added Alvis Witted. It's like, all right, when are we going to see this addition play dividends? It was right away. Emery Simmons comes in through the portal, former Indiana receiver, a veteran guy who started out at North Carolina in 2019, didn't play a lot there, didn't do a ton for in 2020 or 2021 either, although he did have a spectacular touchdown grab. I forget if that was in the 21 or 20 season, but he had an unbelievable touchdown. Transfers to Indiana. Works out great for him. 37 catches, 408 yards, and a touchdown to just another veteran guy who's played in some big games against some top programs that played off against Michigan last year, played against Ohio State, that I think is going to come in and be a leader in the locker room, can help establish what Coach Witted wants to do in his first year with this wide receiver room. And I think this is a great addition for this Utah football team in getting Emory Simmons. I think it's a very Utah addition in the sense that this is a guy who has not gone out and excelled somewhere and, and put up massive numbers and become like the highlighted recruit. I think it's a guy that that they know about because they've done the work behind the scenes and they know what happened in Indiana and everything like that. That's where Utah excels. It's yep. not about finding the diamonds that are in front of everybody. It's about finding the diamonds in the rough that become absolute gems. And I think, you know, when when Utah was looking for – uh, a wide receiver coach, I think a big part of what they wanted was someone with experience. And, and Utah is a tough place because you can get a lot of young, talented coaches who recruit really well and shoot for the stars that just want to use it as a springboard. And I'm not saying that's the case with Kyle McDonald or uh, – uh, wow. Why coach Bumpus. Yeah, Coach, yeah. coach Bumpus because I think – you know, it's hard for any coach to turn down USC and it's really, really hard for any coach to turn down their alma mater. Exactly. But I think what it is, is it's indicative of what coaches get when they come to Utah, right? They get trained in the way to do things. They, they come, they come learn under the Kyle Whittingham tree and all that kind of stuff. Um, to, to answer your question, I think, you know, is, is he going to be a game breaking wide receiver the way that Darren Carrington was? Most likely not. Yeah. But I think you're adding a piece that, you know, Coach Witted will feel comfortable coming in and coaching. I, I have to believe, you know, and I don't have any information on this, but I have to believe that Coach Witted knew you know, a little bit about Simmons before coming to Utah. And and this was such a bizarre coaching search in the sense that like there was zero conversation about what was going on, right? Yeah. You and I had no idea. And and I just saw you know, the I'm fans slamming not... for Steve Smith. Yeah, well, and and listen, I love that idea for the fans, but um, you know, I know Kyle Whittingham would say the same thing. Like, whatever Steve Smith does, he's going to be successful at. There's a reason that Steve Smith is very very successful at being on TV because that's what he wants to do. Yes, you know, and and I think it's 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 easy for us to say, oh, it would be so great to have this former player be a coach. It's a lot of work. Like Kyle God. Whittingham is not an easy boss in terms of what he expects from you. Does he take care of his his people? A hundred percent. And that's why you see so many, you know, that's why you saw Coach Bumpfist come back. It, it's why you see Luther Ellis come work for Kyle. 
but working at Utah is not an easy task. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, if you have, I'm not saying that doing media is any easier, but if you have other things in your life that you want to do, there are, other, you can yes. still pursue those with a media career, right? Um, well, it's more downtime for sure. It is. Anyone well, in the like, media world. I know this, man. Like, like Fridays, like it's very much like Friday morning. You and I wake up, have a nice breakfast, have lunch, you know, maybe put, put together a little like, uh, secondary board because we're yep. bored before the game starts. And then we go call games. Like that's the life when you're in media. Right. And, and mm -hmm, I know we've exactly. done prep all throughout the week, uh, but it's not so much as the nine to five regimented things that, oh, yeah. that, that people are used to. Right. Um, and when you're on the recruiting board and, and especially with the way college football is now you're on the clock 24, seven, 365. So you really have to be dedicated. I think that's why Utah went after coach Wooded. He's an experienced guy. He brings some experience to the table. He can take some of the load off of Andy Ludwig. He can help with some of the game planning in terms of the passing game. You know, I think, uh, we never talk about this, but Jim Harding is extremely hungry to, to learn more about that. This only helps Jim Harding. And for a guy who's been with Kyle, as long as he has, um, and you know, like I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, but I I've said for a long time that Jim Harding yeah. was one of the best offensive line coaches in, in college and mm -hmm. Beep, beep, he's showing it out. I think for a guy who wants to be an offensive coordinator, like this is the best place in, in, in the planet for him to become one. You know, he yeah. knows Kyle. He knows what Kyle wants and he knows what Kyle expects. And, you know, for him to get another uh, experienced guy to come in and, and teach him what he knows from the outside, I think it's a good thing. I absolutely that's, agree. It's a, that's without talking about Simmons as a prospect, right? That, yeah. That's the insane part of it. Yeah, I think it is a veteran guy, too. When you look at, yes, we get Devon Vele coming back, but when you're looking at guys on the outside, look, Makai Cope doesn't have a lot of as many snaps. Obviously, got some experience last year, but still didn't produce a ton. And because that there are other mouths to feeds, we know that with what Dalton and the tight ends can do. But once again, just another reliable guy who's played in some of those tough situations, placed off against some strong secondaries. That's why I think Simmons will provide. Obviously, Utah lost a guy in Solomon Enos who had a lot of that experience going on in terms of just how many snaps he played. Now, Enos wasn't a guy who produced a ton either, and it'll be interesting to see how much Simmons does produce. Does he go for a career high in yards next year? Is he have a similar output and has to be willing to block a lot. I mean, he's going to end up blocking a lot. We know that, but how many, it does, how much is his volume going to see? Is he going to be, be able to beat out a guy like Makai or excuse me, money parks? Like I still feel like money parks is going to end up being over him in terms of seeing more targets. Yes. They might play different receiver positions, but I still feel like money will get more targets. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it all works out in terms of the fit. But I think when you talk about what coach witted is done, it's nice to see his imprint already being put on this team. It's going to be very exciting to see how it shakes out for the youth because spring ball isn't as far off as everyone might think. It's always funny how quickly the college football season comes back around. Brian. Oh, dude, it's so quick. Yeah. I want to ask you a question real quick. Yes. Who do you think is the biggest uh, need that Utah needed to fill on the offensive side of the football with cam rising and brand Keith coming back? I think it was, I think it was getting another receiver. I felt like it was nice to get a guy through the portal who, just has look he's not the biggest name but i didn't think i don't think there were a ton of just game changing receivers in the portal especially left at this point this is later in the game too the portal of course having now closed now and guys who didn't have a home just kind of out there kind of looking seeing what was going to end up being available for them so i think for a guy in simmons comes in here and i think it's a good opportunity for him to build his brand up and it's a good for use to get another veteran or grown up in the room and and even if like I, I don't know how the NIL stuff works out, but say that Utah has a certain amount of NIL money slotted, Devon Vale coming back, Brant Keithy coming back, they're going to eat up a lot of that kind of stuff in terms of a salary. Mm -hmm. You know, you're replacing a lot of production from Solomon Enos in terms of just play by play, having been out on the field, bringing in Simmons, who has some experience, who's a little bit of a, an elder on the roster in terms of designation. I think that's a big thing for Utah because, um, 
they can't just keep backfilling with freshmen, right? Yep. They can't just keep reloading. You've got to bring in some players with some, some experience. And Simmons has a high ceiling. If he Very doesn't much. pan out, what does Utah lose? Exactly. Nothing. Yes. Right. If anything, he'll help the other guys in the room. I feel like, like the ones who are having success, he'll be like, they're trying to do this to you. You need to do this to be able to beat it. Even though some, when some of those guys haven't been able to produce themselves, a lot of those guys, it's the reason we see a lot of great coaches weren't as successful as players. As sometimes they can see things, they just can't execute it themselves, but they can be there to help their teammates and show them things that they've seen and dealt with before. And I think that's what Emery's going to do, be an extension of what Coach Witted wants to do in the room. So it's going to be a nice presence and a good plus for this Utah offense. It'll be fun to see how it shapes up. You know what else is going to be a lot of fun is the senior bowl and you guys can check in with the Reese's senior bowl at the locked on network because locked on is heading to the senior bowl get inside analysis from hosts that cover the nfl's next generation in college and find out which nfl draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location subscribe to locked on nfl draft for nightly live shows from the senior bowl on tuesday wednesday and thursday thursday at 9 p.m eastern standard time so seven o'clock here make sure you guys look at those live shows on locked on nfl draft feed also i want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu uccu is opening a new branch in vineyard to celebrate uccu is giving away a 2023 kawasaki terry utv vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state the new branch offers all the benefits of a uccu branch multiple drive-up lanes 24-hour atms and uccu's brand new interactive teller machines or itms for short which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real uccu professional either in the branch or right from your vehicle it's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection so celebrate the new vineyard uccu branch and it'll win a 2023 Kawasaki Terry times four UTV winners will be announced in April, just in time for summer fun. So make sure you stop by UCCU's new branch in Vineyard, conveniently located next to the Megaplex Theaters and Topgolf or enter at UCCU.com. You don't even have to be a member of UCCU to enter. So there is no excuse not to head over there and there's no purchase necessary to cash in. UCCU, love where you bank. Brian, before we, before we close out this one, I think one of the important things that I wanted to touch on quick is look, we're talking about this Utah football team, right? Back to back Pac-12 champs. And a lot of these guys are getting celebrated and getting their getting their dues. But one thing, as I was watching all the NFL games that we're recording this on a Sunday, you guys will hear this on a Monday. As I'm sitting back and watching, I'm watching the Eagles go out there and uh, do their things. And I'm thinking about the last time they won a Super Bowl, who was out there? Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, um, also guys like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Who are those guys? The important guys in the trenches and how essential those guys are to championships. And I want to make sure, and I really hope these guys don't get, when we talk about Utah football and being back-to-back Pac-12 champions, yes, we're going to talk about Cam Rising, Dalton Kincaid, Devon Vele, uh, guy Clark Phillips on defense. But other guys I want to be mentioned up there too, Keaton Bills, Braden Daniels doing an outstanding job on the left side. Guys like Nick Ford who helped out last year. Bam Olaseni. Hey, Paul Miley too. He was still, even though we talked about ups and downs, he's still a guy who helped his Utah team achieve some high things. Satawa Laumea, even if the transition out to tackle wasn't perfect, he was still a first-team all-pack 12 kind of guy. So offensive line and trenches success. And I should also mention the defensive line too with guys like what Mika Tafua did. You look at this year, Jonah Ellis, Putu Tao last year, Van Fillinger, Junior Tafuna, all these guys so essential to the success that this Utah football team has had in the past few years i just want to make sure those guys don't get forgotten because we don't win those games without them is it's we always tend to look at the the money plays right yeah. the, the the touchdowns whoever caught the 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 pass whoever's throwing the pass all the kind of stuff 
And it's easy to negate the work that gets done in the trenches. Now, if you get a lot of sacks, all of a sudden you get recognition, right? And then pressures don't get the same kind of attention that sacks do, especially in games, because I think most of us are not checking the pressure stats during the course of the game and looking for that kind of stuff. Um, it's one of the reasons why you and I talk about the game the way that we do, right? We want to really identify the things that are um, – less conspicuous in people's heads when they're watching the games because we want people to watch actual football not just what's been told to them over the years mm -hmm. that being said i think where where, where you're kind of going in the direction that you're heading in in terms of looking at some of these unheralded guys it's not just the offensive line it's not just the defensive yeah. line right there are some other guys out there that i think you know sioni vaki is a guy who started to make his imprint on things, right? Uh, Maneer McLean is a guy that I think could really emerge as a play uh, playmaker and a, and a game-breaking kind of mm -hmm. guy on the offensive side of the football. We just don't see the guys up front get those kinds of game balls. You know, Braden Daniels is going to go under the radar and probably have a 15-year NFL career. Mm -hmm. And everybody's going to be like, where'd he come from again? Utah. You know, and but Junior Tafuna, some of these names from position groups that always get identified by the narratives are, are always going to be, you know, at the tip of everybody's tongue. Right. But, you know, I think this year was unique because we saw a lot of development from that defensive front, it, not just in terms of guys who had been there before, but in terms of new guys stepping into positions. Connor O'Toole is a big one. And, and you have to think that he takes another big step forward. Yep. Uh, Jonah Ellis took a big step forward. Van Fillinger, I think played reliably well up until his injury. And, and while he wasn't posting the stats, he was consistent and they could depend on his play, you know, and then you saw what Mickey uh, Sunga Taranga did. Mm -hmm. You know, Mickey is one of those guys that I always try to highlight because he does so much of the dirty work yes. and, and his versatility to be able to slide. And this is the hard thing. We look at defensive linemen as all just like one big giant hurt. Yeah. Elements, right. You and I know that, like, it's a big difference to play center and play guard and play tackle, right? Very much so. There's a lot of technique that changes, positioning, mm -hmm. how you play, all that kind of stuff. You know, what techniques you're using. Same on the defensive front. And for Mickey to be able to slide from end to, you know, a five tech where he's he's almost a three and an, an odd front guy to being a, even sometimes at a three technique when he's rushing the quarterback. And, and I will never forget the play that he made where he basically collapses the entire pocket against USC yes. uh, to allow, I, I believe it was Connor O'Toole to get a sack. Exactly. Um, and so those are the guys that like we never, you know, I, I know we try to identify them as much as possible. I think it's real credit to you seeing that like, you know, this Philadelphia Eagles team is a great example, right? Like, like this is a defensive team and it is an offensive line team and and Jalen Hurts just is smart enough to fill in the gaps where he needs to yep um which is not to take anything away from Jalen because that's really hard to do in the NFL but very hard um you know I, I guess as we wrap this thing up do you have you know it, 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 as you're thinking about this who are some of the guys that you look at that you feel like are the most unheralded that played for this Utah football team this year I think Brayden comes to mind right away just because, look, left tackle, I thought he was absolutely dominant and outstanding. Never heard much from him, right? Never. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, <laughs> I mean, it's sad to say it, but that's one of the like the easiest like identifiers in terms yeah. of like, is your left tackle giving up a lot of pressure? No. That's yeah. a good thing, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, and you mentioned guys like Suga Taranga, what he was doing as at the defensive tackle position, right? Getting especially in the Pac-12 championship game when he slid in down there and was able to produce and do some of those things for this Utah team. We've been big fans of Jonah Ellis on this podcast for a while now for what he's able to do. He's another guy where I feel like we've done a good job giving these guys kind of their light, their shine. Keaton Bills, you've been on him for a long time, Brian, too. So I really feel like it's the guys who don't make the plays because you can look at a box score and you see tackles, you even see passes deflected, a guy like Zamaya Vaughn and that's too, but it's hard to see pressures like that. And I think the reason pressures are so hard to see a lot of times is because everyone watches the ball, right? So when a guy gets a sack, that quarterback is holding the ball. So everyone's watching that. You look and see who made the play. But when a quarterback throws it away on a pressure, you watch the ball sail out of bounds. You do, your eyes don't stay on the player who ended up breaking up. And yes, sometimes the broadcast will note the job they did, but they don't get the credit they deserve. Yeah, they don't. And I think, you know, Keaton Mills is such a great example of just what it means to be a developmental guy, right? He is limited in terms of like, he is built to be a road grader. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't send that meme out into the universe by accident where I had him on top of the cat and, and said, you know, yeah. he deserves the NIL deal. That dude moves earth and, and he yeah. does it in, in impressive fashion. And, you know, for anybody who, who wants evidence of it, go back and see whatever Scotty Stevens has done for Ute Zone in terms of his photography, because Scotty has an eye for the offensive yeah. line. Uh, and it's probably not just because we're we're good friends. You know, Scotty understands he's done this for a long time. He knows where the bread is buttered, so to speak. And and so those guys deserve recognition in terms of Keaton is fighting against a lot of things in terms of he's not the most mobile athlete, right? Like he is built like a I mean, tr dump truck, really, because he's got some dumps, you know, yeah. um, but he does a great job with it. And, and he's continuing to improve and, and he's really developed in everything that he can control in terms of you know, watching fronts and, and moving with the defense and, and, and being intuitive in terms of where blitzes are coming from. And, and so, you know, he's a guy that returning next year, like as much as Utah has so much talent, um, just sheer pure ability up front now on the offensive line, his experience, his knowledge base, his, his leadership, his cool, calm demeanor, all that kind of stuff, his ability. You know, I think if you go back and watch the Oregon film, Keaton is a big reason why Utah wasn't just getting blown up every single play yeah. because he was willing to sacrifice and, and do the little things to help out here and there so that they could be, you know, they could be you know, competent, um, you know, and, and it wasn't the best showing by Utah. That's, you know, nobody's going to argue against that, but those are the kind of guys you want, the guys who are willing to do that kind of stuff, who are willing to put in the work, develop, and, and show that fight. And I think it's, um, you know, I think that's what's always exciting to me about spring ball is seeing who are those guys. You know, I thought Falcon Kalmatule was a guy who was going to step into that mm -hmm. role at, at right tackle just based on, on everything I saw from him in spring ball and everything that I heard. And, you know, I think Jim Harding said it best in fall camp. He said he's done everything we've asked him to do. Utah just had a better setup when it was Keaton Bills and uh, Moko, Michael Mokofisi at the guards and then Satawa at tackle. Now, listen, Satawa needs to be a guard. I think you know it. I know it. You know, we're just hoping that the development is good enough to where you know, Utah feels comfortable doing it this year. But we'll, we'll see. You know, I think yeah. that's the fun part about this sport is you never – I mean, these games were classic examples, right? You you never expect what's going to happen. Nobody could have expected Brock Purdy to get hurt, Josh Johnson to come in, you know, all that kind of it's stuff. Hard. Yeah. So it's just it's it's one of those things where th th that's why football is so great and why it's so much fun to watch it and and everything like that. Um, and I think that's what makes spring ball really exciting for me is you got a lot of dudes coming in who are going to be great in Spencer Fano, Caleb Blunk. 
Wilmer, even Roger Alderman, who is just yeah. this forgotten dude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see the guys like Tyler Canock, who have been in the program for a year now and have a little bit under their belts and have some experience, see what they put on, you know, put out there in, in spring ball and and how they develop. It's this program is very much about what what can you do every single day to get better. And I think that's when we talk about how special this program is, it's not because of what they do on the field. It's because of what they do off of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is the guys who put in this work every single day to be special when there is nobody, nobody watching and there's no real push, you know, like there is during a game week to be great. And I think that's the real unique part about Utah football and the program that Kyle Whittingham has built. It absolutely is. It's a special program, and it breeds special people. How about Britton Covey going to a Super Bowl in his first year in the Crazy. NFL? You love to see it, Brian. Yeah, Alex Whittingham, you know, coach for Kansas City, son of son of yeah. Kyle, going to another Super Bowl there with uh, Andy Reid. You know, like, like that's the that's the really cool part about being a Utah absolutely. fan and following this program, man. The influence, the wit fluence, if you will, it's everywhere. <laughs> it Brian absolutely. Johnson, quarterback yes. coach for the Eagles, exactly. So. Yeah, uh, soon to be head, potentially even a head coach in the not too distant future, Boy. by the way, with some of the momentum. Talk about stock rising, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say, yeah. Give me <laughs> all the Brian Johnson shares right now. Yes. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Uh, you know what else you guys can get the shares of is college basketball. Locked on college basketball is available for you. You can tune in and hear experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton as they bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, you can hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on college basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Appreciate Brian, as always, for joining us. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.